0: Hello, everybody. My name is Mound, and this is Mound's Gadget Talk for Wednesday, twenty-eighth of October, twenty-twenty. Finally, a full proper episode of Mound's Gadget Talk after a whole week or so. Uh, just last week, I was just slacking around, so I wasn't able to get around to recording an episode. And there was nothing much coming out last week, even though uh, we have probably plenty of talk about today. Uh, I think on Monday we like uploaded some. Like, I uploaded basically like a bonus episode or two, So. Uh, yeah so that was that well we have a lot to talk through so we have plenty to talk about a lot lots of new devices some pretty interesting news and stuff so let's just crack straight in uh OnePlus uh one of all brands on earth oneplus they never settle uh, for super basic super cheapy they always uh aim for quality or for something exception truly exceptional or maybe uh this latest move that they're about to do they really don't want to settle with just flagship domination. They want to dominate all corners of smartphone market. So, basically, OnePlus was like, okay, let's just run out and launch two new Nord phones, OnePlus Nord N 10 5 G and Nord N One Hundred. And I'm sorry, I I I know I think the folks at NordVPN are like, wow, OnePlus is really taking our brand name big time. <laughs> so uh, that rhymes. So uh, OnePlus has released two new affordable phones so and uh let me tell you the big blue should be scared samsung should be scared that's for sure from the looks of it so uh yeah so this young and quite popular smartphone brand kind of popular from social media and you know youtubers all talking about and tearing it down tearing it down and stuff um, they've, they've earlier this year, obviously I talked about in the first couple of episodes of my podcast, we kind of started out with this, so the OnePlus Nord, sort of this mid-range phone that was very cheap, uh, th- under th- $400, and it had uh, top-notch specs, which they said was settling for flagship performance, really. And so now that they've figured out that brand has been working and has been targeting so that audience of consumers who want affordable smartphones they're running out and releasing new uh, and they said this is the first of many as as Carl pay sort of the OnePlus uh founder as he stated uh, back when he talked with MKVSD about the first Nord phone he was like this is the first of many Nord phones to come which means they are looking to get to that segment of the smartphone market where their flagship devices won't really reach really that that young gen z millennial high-end phone buying market, that other segment where people don't have thousands of dollars to spend on phones, they just want a great looking phone, great feeling looking and overall software wise great looking phone. So you have these two little devices uh, with the N10 and the N100 5G, uh, the N10 5G and the N100. They're a little confusing though. Uh, It's a little more straightforward. The N10 5G is one with 5G, and the N100 is the cheapy one that OnePlus is coming out. Now, I kinda, few seconds, I think a good minute or so ago, I kinda mentioned that Samsung should be scared. Now, first, straight off the bat, if you compare these two OnePlus phones with options from Huawei, Oppo, Vivo, Xiaomi, Redmi, Realme, all these other smaller brands. Yeah, um, it's kinda hard to see the value in them. I mean, you're not getting anything for your money, really. I mean, look at the N10 5G. If we, I mean, if you for what you're getting here, you can get a Nord, the original OnePlus Nord on discount. But if you want maxed out specs on OnePlus Nord, go buy that. That's your choice. I mean, i would tell you, get the Nord though. If it's at an excellent discount on Black Friday or 1111 or White Friday, I don't know what shopping festival y'all have in your part of the world. Sort of where I am in Pakistan, we probably have White Friday because Black Friday, if we say Black Friday. It would be black day and then black day has like negative connotations but then i kind of realized businesses kind of lose money on 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 something like black friday so shouldn't it be black oh well i digress so that's the thing really with um really i mean the original oneplus node will go on discount we will get a at least a 40 percent discount a 30 percent discount next month so wait for that if you want to but if you're in a rush and you're on a best buy this is a good phone to get and yes i'm speaking to probably my folks in the west uh, on the other side of the world in the us and the uk and europe and so that that other part of the smartphone buying world the north american and european market because the n10 and 100 both are first launching in north america and europe and um, really, in those markets, Xiaomi, Oppo, Vivo, Huawei, don't really have much of a, not really, you don't see them on the store shelves, uh, or not even a, on the front of Amazon's smartphone page. But you'll find them on Amazon. If you, you'll find them on Indian Amazon because people buy those brands big time, but you won't find them on Amazon.com on the front of it. Uh, so really, OnePlus is really chasing Samsung's sort of dominance in the budget uh, smartphone market uh, if you kn- if you know a thing or two, Samsung makes the A series and J series smartphones, and those are priced exactly where OnePlus is trying to nail that for, sort of crack that price point and be competitive against Samsung, because uh, I mean if you look, I mean just as a comparison. There's no way to compare here on GS and Marina I'm, I'm referencing here the N10 which is about three hundred sixty euros now. Uh, if let's just compare this, I'll just with uh, some uh, let's just say the A seventy one from Samsung. Uh, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. The A seventy one five G. Hang on. Oh, mama. If you compare, if you compare the N ten with the A seventy one, not really the fairest comparison. But if you look at what you get here, I just click differences. Wow, wowzers. I mean uh, it's quite neck and neck compared to the a71 and that's with the N10 so the market is exactly the same really I mean so for actual diehard oneplus fans no guys this is not really the flagship killer this is really to beat Samsung I'm, I'm telling you you gotta you gotta go into it with that with that uh, purpose or that intention that this is to beat the samsungs and your apples and and you know i don't know Motorola which is actually by no, no word, but it's Motorola, basically the couple of budget phone brands value for money budget brands really you find in the north american european market you pop into a store you find it you know so that's the thing with but uh, for example in the uk though there's the realme 7 series that has come out already in the uk and you can buy it on amazon and obviously a few Uh, stores that probably sell those phones straight away so This is this is this is the thing really about these two phones They're really meant to get into that budget market that is there in the West not in Asia primarily in Asia It's ultra aggressive. I mean There are dramatic differences really. I mean uh, But in the West really you don't have such value for money options well, the N10, 5G, and the N100 are offering is really good value for money. If you live in the US, UK, Canada, uh, Germany, Spain, Italy, France, Australia, New Zealand, those markets, uh, you know, where where you could import, you could go to AliExpress and buy an Oppo, but it'll be hard to have it run on your local network and stuff. So that's the point, really, of these devices. I mean. I mean, uh, OnePlus could get a few more customers in the Asian markets, the main Asian markets in India, with these Nord phones, those other consumers who didn't really think about OnePlus until now. And they're not tempted by, they're not really excited by an Oppo or a or a Viva phone. Uh, though both brands have good options, Viva especially, Viva V20, uh, th- do think about it. Probably has a little bit more for money compared to the N10 really, but um, I mean, this is fair and square competing with someone, some, with, a brand, with brands like samsung for sure so the nord uh, the one sorry i was about to say nord n10 god it's its own brand already the oneplus nord n100 uh, it features a snapdragon 460 processor which is based on 11 nanometer process not really a big deal for 200 dollars uh, has uh, features a 6.52 inch ips lc display with 720p resolution weighs 188 grams can run all the w- can do 4g only not 5g unfortunately wait two more years you'll get 5g has 64 gigabytes of storage and 4 gigabytes of ram out of the gate at U- ufs 2.1 speeds yes i brought that up because oneplus flagships have ufs 3.1 you'll probably get a generation older but that's not going to be a problem because you gotta run whatsapp so whatever <laughs> Uh, as for the as for the back camera, you get 13 megapixel wide-angle camera, f2.2 aperture, a 2 megapixel macro, f2.4, a 2 megapixel, f2.4 depth. f2.4 depth sensor. I kind of agree with Mr. Who's the Boss. Like Macro sensors are kind of overrated. We don't need it. I think we need an ultra-wide sensor. Macros don't really do any wonders. Like Those who really want macro shots, the fo- kind of folks who want macro shots can get micro lens kits. Those can pull off much more... Uh, you know macro pics you know greater detail from a snap-on kit you know J- just saying this is my own opinion the back cameras can record video at 1080p at 30 frames per second uh, as for the front, front facing camera it's just a megapixel sensor so it'll be a little little punch hole notch uh, at f2.0 F2 uh, aperture and can record obviously like the back at 1080p at 30 frames per second uh, features 802.11ac Wi-Fi, up to that, USB Type-C, and USB OTG, 400-200, this is a good deal, 200 dollars or euros depending on your currency, you get 18 watt fast charging, 5000mAh battery, uh, and Bluetooth 5.0, and you just get a fingerprint sensor at the back, that's kind of the compromise you'll have to get, and you don't get the AMOLED ultra uh, ultra fast processor, uh, ultra high refresh rate, why did it say processor? That was the N100 in terms of specs. The N10 5G is so a $300 mid-range, a uh, 320 uh, pound phone. I'm going to refer to pounds because it's a bit more accurate for the market for most people out there. Uh, it's 320 quid in the UK, which is a good value because I was just looking through Currys PC World, which is a famous store in the UK, uh, and uh, phones of that kind of spec were hitting 400 quid. So good value for money. So the N10 5G has as as in the name 5G and it can and but it uses low and mid band 5G. So lo and behold, a good 5G phone. At least it it picks up the same 5G reception as the iPhone 12. Lol. Uh, it can do dual sim. Weighs 190 grams. Uh, has a 90 hertz IPS LCD display, not AMOLED. Sadly, but it's all right. No one's gonna notice it. A ten a 1080p display so it's I think HD plus display technically 6.49 inches display uh, run and has the Snapdragon 690 5G chip uh, with uh, which is roughly two chi- Cairo 560 gold cores and six Cairo 560 silver cores not bad 128 gigabytes of storage six gigabytes of RAM uh, UFS 2.1 speeds uh, you get a 4,300 mAh battery, 30 watt fast charging, 30 watt fast charging, mind you, at this price, uh, and you get AC, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5.1, Type-C, USB Type-C, OT, USB OTG, all the bells and whistles, uh, and did I forget to mention, I uh, haven't gone to the camera though, I forgot to mention the camera. You get 64 megapixel f1.8 wide sensor, 8 megapixel f2.3 uh, ultra wide sensor, 119 degrees field of view, 5 megapixel f2.4 aperture depth sensor, 2 megapixel f2.4 aperture macro sensor, and you can record up to 4K resolution with 30 frames per second. And there's no OIS, sadly, but uh, no, that's not a big deal at this price, as always. The 64 megapixel camera uh, has a 1x1.7 1 Two-inch sensor depth, zero point eight micrometer pixel size, and has uh, PD autofocus. So don't know what those mean, but uh, I just brought th- brought the goods to you. But and I've, and um, the N one hundred will cost around will cost under two hundred dollars, whereas the N the N one hundred will cost under two hundred dollars, whereas the N. Uh, 10 5g will be starting from under 350 dollars or euros or pounds pretty much so 300 350 320 is the official price in the uk i've seen which is a good value for money both phones the n10 and the n100 both have micro sd card support micro sd support and a headphone jack as if people forgot that you could plug wired headphones into your phones both come with those features, so if you're actually upgrading, this is a nice touch though, and I mean, look at the market for those who are buying these devices, I mean, you'll love these upgrades, you'll definitely enjoy these upgrades, for sure, so, let's just butt through the differences real quick, uh, so what you're losing on the N100 compared to the N10 is that the N100 has a little slower chip, half the storage, and possibly the RAM, yep, I mean, you get... You still get plenty of storage and memory, and you lose the high refresh rate. Uh, the screen, you lose a, another sensor or two, uh, and you lose and, and you lose a little bit of fast charging. But really, at that price, at that r- under $200 price tag, it's a good value for money, frankly. Uh, I mean, it's a kind of great way to expand the Nord. So line up and also a great way to bring OnePlus down to more and more consumers and people who aren't really, and I, I won't be honest with you, if you really love OnePlus, run out and buy their OnePlus 8 series and 8T, those are phenomenal phones for the money, I mean and they're well, well worth, they're very high commandeering price tags they command pretty good prices and they're well worth the money if you ask me. Uh, these The N10 and the N100 are really for those consumers that want a phone but they don't want to buy an oppo they don't want to be like what's this huawei on my hand they want a quality branded smartphone really that has come from a flagship brand really trying to beat that market that samsung has made all to themselves with their budget phones too so that's the thing with the oneplus nord n10 and n100 uh devices really so um, i mean quite solid devices to start with um, uh, you're not really losing much the n10 is the good value though if that goes on if, the, if that if the that devices cost really does go down dramatically under the 350 euro price tag this is a good value for money frankly and they'll probably have to because the market is quite aggressive and it's heating up day by day because a lot of people want don't want to spend that much thousands of dollars on phones so it's quite a hot hot market to get into now and it's a good timing pretty much uh, to say the least but yeah i mean this is quite a solid phone really uh from oneplus i mean uh, you this is again this is for those who have been looking to buy an a series phone from samsung but this is now another good competitor to those phones and i mean you could find them in a store or online or on amazon for a good price do snap them up but the original nord will be a good value on black friday mark more words that's for sure this though is for the masses this is affordable phones for everyone else under 350 dollars ish so those that was the n N10 100 and there was another phone i kind of missed missed to talk about last week that came out last week though i was just gonna get to that real quick so kind of the phone that i just i mean they're just gonna get to it quickly and talk about it really because they have a lot of things to really talk about is the Huawei Mate 40 series because really Huawei still keeps making high-end phones because why not? I mean they're they are popular like a lot of people do buy them in China and around the world really and where Huawei does sell phones easily and they're quite quite popular phones. Let's just get to like the couple of things that make the Mate 40 uh, series really cool especially the Mate 40 Pro and Pro Plus. Uh, First thing is really the Kirin 9000 chipset. The most probably, uh, the first Android five nanometer uh, chipset that we have seen. There was the Apple A fourteen chip, and now we have this, the Karen nine thousand. Quite impressive that they're still able to pull this out after everything. Oh well, Huawei has so much research and R and D that they are still able to make such good chipsets. So it's the first five nanometer chipset on an Android phone, of its caliber, uh, and has. It can run at up to three point three point thirteen gigahertz. Um, has a twenty four core Mali G seventy eight GPU. Uh, the five nanometer SOC overall has fifteen point three billion transistors. Uh, can do really really fast five G. Um, in that, I mean, gigab almost way more than a couple of gigabits five G out of the gate, um, and has. Pretty much a three-core NPU, a neural processing unit. So two big cores and one tiny core. Uh, so that's that. Both phones have a 90 hertz display. Exactly the six same 6.67 inch um, IP. Uh, what is it? An IPS? An OLED, mind you. A 90 hertz OLED display, 6.76 inches, uh, with exactly the same resolution, and has this ridiculously this very curvy display uh, and uh, so uh, I mean more than 90 degrees viewing angle okay this is roughly this is uh, this is Huawei's own 88 degree horizon display pretty cool it's it's so I mean Samsung's like what's this edge why do everyone keep copying us oh well so, um, so you have this uh, so you have the Karen 9000 super fast chip set for today's super fast needs uh, and then you have, uh, and then you have the cameras. Which uh, there's just so much to go through with the cameras. But um, the Mate 40 Pro, we're talking about the pros, not the base Mate 40. That one probably is a whole lot toned down. But the Mate 40 has a 50. Uh, both the Pro and the Pro Plus have a main 50 megapixel wide sensor, f 1.9 aperture, 23 millimeter length. Uh, with a pixel size of 1 by 1.28 inches 1.22 micrometer size overall uh, with laser autofocus and the Pro Plus has optical image stabilization uh, along with a 12 megapixel uh, okay the main pro has a 12 megapixel f3.4 aperture periscope telephoto lens 20 megapixel f1.8 aperture ultra wide lens and uh, the periscope the periscope sensor has five times optical zoom just get a p40 if you want the pho- if you want the photography chops on this one uh, and the pro plus you have a 12 megapixel f 2.4 uh, aperture telephoto uh, lens with 3x optical zoom a megapixel f 4.4 uh, aperture l- l- lens for periscope telephoto but uh, you get 10 times optical zoom so double the overall zoom you can get compared to the pro. And you also also get a 20 megapixel f 2.4 aperture ultrawide sensor. This is also on the. This is a little, little bit bigger, and a time of flight 3D depth sensor, uh, and you can record up to 4K 60 frames per second. And obviously it has like optics and HDR and everything and all the good stuff same selfie cameras 13 megapixel f 2.4 aperture ultra-wide lens and a time-of-flight 3d sensor uh, and you can record up to 4k 60 frames per second so a single ultra-wide sensor but does wonders for what it does and because of the time-of-flight sensor Huawei can offer probably Huawei is the only brand than Apple that offers true face unlocking the kind that scans your face and kind of then unlocks your phone this way so I mean, this is a pro phone, and you get pro specs, stereo speakers, Wi-Fi six, Bluetooth five point two, USB Type C three point one, OTG, uh, all flavors of GPS, proper proper Face ID, fifty watt fast char- wireless fast charging, sixty six watt fast charging, nice, four thousand four hundred mah battery and this is and this and both and the pro cost 1200 euros whereas the non, the pro plus is 1400 euros this is some baller specs for this is a baller phone with baller specs and i forgot to mention the storage spec both phones start from 256 gigabytes of storage but the pro plus has 12 gigabytes of ram whereas the non-pro has 8 gigabytes of ram for both 256 and 512 gb specs uh, overall pretty ballsy phones and top premium ultra premium phones i mean but as always i'm a show me fanboy you know what to do get a me 10t sorry i'm show me plug you know i'm a big i'm the pretty big fanboy so that is a good phone but overall i mean pretty ballsy high-end phone but um, could have been a tad bit better if there was google services and they've talked a little more about the software because we have been figuring out software because google can't give Obviously, because of what's happening with Huawei, they, I mean Google can't really give the. I mean Google ain't gonna give their Play Store anytime soon. So instead, Huawei has their app gallery, and obviously has worked on security functions and privacy, and comes and has even built its own search engine and maps engine. I kind of have. I have used the. App, uh, I've. I've used Huawei, I've seen, I've browsed to, how do I explain it to you? I've browsed to Huawei's app gallery once. It's kind of nice, but tons of apps are kind of missing. Obviously, Google apps and some major, major third party. I mean, Facebook, uh, Netflix, those sort of, I mean, Netflix, Facebook, basically Silicon Valley's big, big startups and their apps. You can't find them really. But if you do live in regions where Huawei, it does sell plenty of phones and has good partnerships with lot of technology other software companies and app services you will find local versions in Pakistan as an example if you buy this phone you won't miss much okay if you're in Pakistan you're probably going to try to root this or sideload the Google Play Store so that's not a problem do that if you because you've spent 1 lakh rupees you definitely deserve to do that but aside from sideloading the play store and stuff you could do those hackery things the app gallery has plenty of local apps especially if you talk about pakistan so a lot of major uh, mobile carrier, a lot of carriers is apps uh, and banking apps are all in the app gallery so that shouldn't be a problem easy Pesa, which is a f- popular ca- uh, mobile wallet is on the app gallery uh, as for a point of reference and some local apps and services by kia i believe and Duraz it has an app but that's all my Alibaba, so no big deal. <laughs> but if you live elsewhere, aside from Asia and Western Europe, this is a probably horrible deal. This is throwing a lot of water, money in the water. It won't run Google services. But if you want to be curious, if you want to be, be a bit of a hacker on your phone, you can sideload Google Play and it would probably work, but you'll we'll have a hard time, kind of. And that's the thing, really. Um, I mean, this is such a great phone, great cameras. Great design, chipset—it's all been spoiled by no standard hardware. It—it's kind of sad, frankly speaking. I—I'm gonna—I'm not gonna lie. Ever since they removed the Play Store, it felt like Huawei's phones didn't really like Huawei's phones. Like they lost like a lot of in- intuitiveness. Like I'd say, I mean, I know. My sisters to start with their influences, but they have Huawei phones too now the Google play Google services are there and that makes the whole phone worth it and so it's kind of hard to imagine having a phone without Google services you're so dependent on it I mean they I mean think of third-party alternatives that can do almost the same range and functionality that Google offers like I mean this is such a ballsy ultra high-end phone but I mean, if you can't get everything, I mean, you're spending a thousand dollars already. You gotta have everything on it. It's gotta do everything. You know, it's like buying a. It's like buying a Porsche without an engine. You know, like that that kind of thing. Or you know, you buy a Porsche and they don't give you a touch screen. Instead, they give you a wonky, wonky stereo with the dial dials and knobs. You know, that kind of feeling. It's like buying a Porsche without the headlights and the and without the funky with the without the premium headlights and the stereo system and the speakers and the seats. It's like it's like they mixed it's like buying a Porsche nine eleven with Corolla specs on it. With Toyota Corolla stuff on it. That's how it feels like I swear. It's it's I mean, but if you live in China, if you live in the Gulf, I mean if you live in Western in Europe, you live in Russia, you live in most parts of Asia, this is a good value. I mean, if you wanna spend a lot of money, go for it. I mean, I don't judge don't budge so and that's that so that was the mate 40 yeah mate it could be great but it's a mate 40 I mean probably horrible deal for money it's it's pretty high-speed I mean like if only and there was another brand that could make such ballsy spec of a phone like Huawei does so but they really know uh, but they're really good at networking technology and stuff and that's the thing really well ahead of it compared to most people so yeah I mean, dismayed is mental, that's for sure. So this next story will kind of shock you and show you kind of the hypocrisy that happens. I mean, Samsung likes to kind of, like, likes to crack jokes at Apple. Oh, look, they they do this and that. We don't do that. <laughs> you know? They made jokes before that Apple removed the headphone jack and made you pay like 20, 30 bucks for a pair of a pair of wired earbuds, where Samsung put you know, put one in the box, and then they then they removed their own headphone jack, and then you know guess guess it was a joke now, but uh, this one is uh, I hope this is not true. This would be should be way too funny for Samsung, but apparently according to this uh, Korean publication. Cho, hopefully, I re- say this right. Chosen biz, uh, saying industry insiders suggest that Samsung will follow Apple by not only ditching the in-box charger but its bundled earphones too. While the Galaxy S twenty series include a twenty-five watt charger and a pair of USB-C AKJ earphones, AKG earphones, uh, those Carmen ones, uh, the Galaxy S thirty series may just include a cable and a SIM eject tool. Haha, <laughs> Luku's Lu- 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 a joke now uh look who's laughing everyone else aside from apple and samsung it's kind of crazy you know if they i mean i hope them it it does bring the price of these phones down with samsung especially i mean it should be 800 bucks by this point but uh yeah i mean it's kind of crazy i mean if this is true this is bananas i mean this is a this is kind of outrageous you know because i mean apple can shrink all it's like because you know the thing is the psych you have to understand because consumer psychology People buy iPhones are a different breed of humans. No judgment. but And then those buy Galaxies and Mees and Mates and Peas and all these Android phones are a whole other Brady brunch of people. People buy Android phones, either... This is kind of the only phone, and so anything they can get in the box comes in handy. Or they love to have extras. They want more. They always want much, much more. This is Android. You want to... Why live with one sensor? Have four cameras. Screw it. Why settle for 3,000 milliamp per hour, 30-hour battery? Uh, 3,000 milliamp per hour, 30-hour battery. 5,000 milliamp. Go for it. Android's for excess. Max. To the max, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of... It, it genuinely will be annoying from that perspective of buying Android phones, generally, that they're just throwing out uh, earphones and, and the wall plug from the box. I mean, if Samsung going to be this stingy to get you to buy... Uh, earphones and, and wall plugs, no, but thankfully this would not be that bad because compared to Apple because Samsung phones have USB-C completely from start to finish. You could buy USB-C cable or plug. This will be a little easier than Apple. It wouldn't be a hardship, so yeah, this is bananas of a move. I mean, I read this and I'm shocked, frankly. I think Samsung for at least two years should try to keep offering a wall plug and earbuds in the box to be a little bit merciful on people and there's not much environmental impact by the way because you know I mean and also and I want to add one defense though like Apple most people do use Samsung stuff in the box it's really reliable the earphones are really good I mean, but, yeah, there's also another kind of people just use whatever they already use day-to-day. The same wall plug they already got early, many years back. And the same set of headphones that they already had. Or they probably invest in TWS earbuds. The Galaxy Buds are really good, though. So maybe that could be an attempt. They could do this surely for sales and stuff to uh, push push sales for those products. So, yeah, it's crazy times. So, quickly moving past this. Uh, the other, This little quick news I'm popping this in from my Gs in the UK. Uh, the government in the U- Ofcom, the Office for com- Office of Communications, UK's regulator for communications, across the board, pretty much everything from from uh, walkie-talkies to over-the-air TV, has announced that from December two thousand and twenty-one, they'll be banning lock. Uh, they'll ban carriers from locking up phones and essentially like put and then in- selling locked phones, not offering them unlocked f- straight away. And so, um, uh, apparently, I mean, this is such a big news because uh, because apparently uh, this is pretty anti-consumer because, I mean, if you offer the phones locked to a particular network, you'll have to pay money to, you know, uh, have to unlock it and it's quite tedious and it's a lot of effort and, you know, and... Uh, and uh, and obviously the uh, the carrier the carriers are not happy about it. But consumers, this is from my G's buying phones later. I mean, in the coming year or so, this is gonna be good good news. Uh, and um, apparently. Uh, from all the UK carriers, the major ones, EE and Vodafone, you do uh, unlock uh, their phones because, I mean, you get them at a good price and stuff, but they lock them out. Whereas the other providers like O2 and 3 and Virgin Mobile and, and, and Sky Mobile, yes, Sky that pay TV service, and that you know, and the, the folks playing the sports on the telly. They also sell mobile service, don't ask me why, kinda nice. Competition always helps. Uh, They sell unlocked phones already, so this is kind of a nice move and very pro-consumer move, and uh, kind of a nice touch in such tough times. And then uh, another quick story about this was uh, is the SpaceX Starlink program, uh, the Starlink broadband satellite service, which is pretty game-changing. Basically, you get high-speed internet from the sky, pretty much. And apparently, now they're doing uh, a sensitive basically put so many satellites in the sky, they've been ex- they're have they now expanding their beta tests, this is from CNBC they're reporting that they're expanding the beta test for the Starlink program and apparently an email came where they've kind of told beta users that if they want to use Starlink it'll cost $99 per month and you'll have to pay around 499 uh, USD for a kit. You get the you get a di- you get a dish you get a modem it's a router but essentially it takes your satellite signal and turns it into high speed internet so it's technically a modem, and any tripod to go over your dish which is a little similar to the you know those long arm bars you get your satellite dish when you get satellite TV but except it it's a tripod you pop it in and it's great for taking it out in the wild and stuff, and apparently in the emails they've stated that. Expect to see data speeds vary from 50 megabytes per second to 150 megabytes per second and latency from 20 milliseconds to 40 milliseconds Over the next several months as we enhance the Starlink service. There'll also be brief periods of no connectivity at all Now uh, The thing is that Starlink the overall service the satellite the first bunch of satellites are up in the sky already and That the internet access is already there Like people are online and accessing the internet And apparently spacex is like they've gotten nearly seven hundred thousand individuals across the u.s uh, sign up basically are interested in the service primarily kind of cool but uh, what's interesting but yeah i mean this is gonna take a while they're saying that uh, and uh, also they released an app to go with the starlink service now so you can connect your router and check your connection under starlink's better than nothing beta nice name typical elon musk initial service is targeted for us and canada in 2020 near, rapidly expanding to near global coverage of the populated world by 2021 and if you look at the mock-up map online for the starlink network uh, the overall constellation is basically the whole wide world except for the north and south poles so if you're in Antarctica. Bad luck. Aside from that, if you're most of the world, if you're really in most parts of the world, you get full internet access. Kind of nice that SpaceX is running this massive global. Uh, they're gonna run this global interconnected satellite broadband constellation service. Pretty game changing. 900 bucks a month. I mean, if you live in the middle, of, if you really live in the middle and nowhere, you have you have out of options. Cellular data won't do wonders. Uh, regular cable or fiber optic broadband do not doesn't exist alternative millimeter wave kind of broadband options don't exist there are some parts of america where you can literally pop up dishes little antennas on your rooftop that look like that look like cellular antennas but they give you internet and they give you really fast internet and it's like a thing in some countries where they give you wireless broadband this way for all those options this is a good option starlink would probably be good but down the road i'm kind of am hopeful if they standardize the technology the hardware and also beyond all this uh more people get online and obviously the cost of running this goes down they'll probably bring it down to a price where everyone will be able to get it and obviously there's enough capacity because i mean but aside from i really i mean if you have plenty of options where you live do shop around I mean, if you live in a region if you live in a city if you live in a big urban city in the us where you have of isps shop around get find deals for them who knows you might get a good broadband connection from them at a good price so, but aside from that, for rural areas, this is phenomenal. And for some parts of the U.S. where it's just rocks, trees, and a house, and a little Derek TV dish to get, you know, to watch Fixer Upper, pff, <laughs> this is a good option pretty much. Starlink really is going to connect those remote regions of the world, and I'm kind of psyched. And That means people in the middle of nowhere are listening to my podcast. If you actually are listening to this using, uh, and, you're con- and you're connected to the Starlink network, big shout out to you. You're phenomenal so yeah it's kind of fun you know fun times ahead in that regard i mean i mean we're re- really cracking the final frontier of connectivity that's the thing if you know that reference and finally some apple news because um i think a day doesn't go out by without talking about apple i mean it is, it is a big brand but uh we have kind of two stories about it the first is some, something to do with the uh, with Apple's audio products. apparently A new report came from Bloomberg, this came on Monday, sort of, uh, stating that Apple is working on two new models, a third generation entry-level AirPods and a second edition, a second version of the AirPods Pro. And this will probably join the AirPods Studio and the HomePod Mini. Um, and the idea is that the entry-level AirPods will inherit a form factor designed similar to the AirPods Pro with a shorter stem and replaceable air tips, but minus the higher end features of the latter earbuds, so there's noise cancellation. Uh, but obviously, the entry uh, and is looking to improve the battery life, which is, would be like 20% better battery life, which is not bad, uh, but more interesting is the AirPods Pro. Apparently, the AirPods Pro, they're looking to make it even more compact, a little like buds, actual pods, or buds. So apparently they're testing a design with a more rounded shape that fills more of a user's ear. Which would make it a little similar to Galaxy Buds and uh, those other competing products, so kind of lovely. Um, so, apparently integrating the AirPod Pro's features, antennas, and microphones in a smaller casing has proven challenging during development which could result in a less ambitious design when the product is finalized. So. Nothing funky or exciting, but uh be kind of iconic nonetheless given that AirPods and so uh, And uh, apparently the plan is that they're gonna come out with these AirPods next year. They're not coming out this year It'll come out early next year, which is kind of cool. So uh, uh, That's interesting, but then more than more so has been about the possibility for a new home pod There's the home pod mini already and then there was the original big boy $300 home pod But apparently, uh, it's unclear if Apple will ultimately launch that product or just further cut the price of a higher-end version. Uh, And they've thought about it, I'm sure. It's not like they're just sitting on thinking, I'm sure they'll probably come out a second generation HomePod, and and, and if there is a dramatic improvement to bring in terms of audio quality, or reliability, or smart home ability, then, you know, Apple could probably, they'll Wait until a better they make a better version of the HomePod. The HomePod Mini does wonders, really, by itself already. It's not really a really significant product category, so I don't think they're gonna put much focus on it. Uh, but more so, I think and with the bigger update has been about the AirPods studio. So Bloomberg pretty much reported this. Apparently, the headphones were due to go into production weeks ago, but that was pushed back due to problems with the headband. A person familiar with the matter said that part was deemed too tight in some testing. The company initially wanted to include large touchpads on the sides of the headphones, but reduced the size of those panels. Apple has also scaled back some of the interchangeable functionality of the headphones that were a hallmark of the initial concept. The latest version of the product is likely to lack a replaceable headband, but could still include interchangeable ear pads. That's not a bad option, because you could put a fatter one. You get the point, really. Uh, so, yeah, I mean you can't change the headbands but you could change the pads which is interesting so the airpods Studios has of been leaked already at this point so everyone knows how it looks like but um, it'd be quite seamless given it's Apple that you could change the air cups. Uh, typical AirP- cups on regular over-ear headphones how they are is they're by velcro so you literally just rip them out of the headphones especially Bose and Sony and all those. Apple's design pop it out pop it in boom like everything to do with Apple uh that's how watch bands on the apple Watch are changed out you just you know you press a little button it pops out pop it back in boom uh so that's typical apple so apparently they, they could have a magnetic cups is lovely to say at least and also uh and obviously there'll be a sport and a premium version an edition and a sport version of the studio that will come out uh, the but uh we really don't know when they're gonna actually come out. None of the rumors really confirm with, for with exact accuracy when the AirPod Studio will come. Some say it will be next month, which is out November. It's starting in a few days now, well past Halloween. So when the app, when Apple's gonna do an event for the, uh, for their own chipset Max, their own Apple Silicon Max, so they could announce it there, or they could be coming out next year with the AirPods. Who knows? So that could be a good possibility, nonetheless. So. I don't know about you, but uh, this information looks pretty strong because this is from Bloomberg, and they probably have accurately reported on all these rumors. Uh, they've got some bits wrong, but they've got plenty of things right about Apple. Uh, probably because have Mark Gorman there, so lovely stuff from the Big Apple, uh, from the from the from the folks at Cupertino, pretty much. And then this last one is kind of like typical business drama, but. Apparently this is from the information of paywall outlet sort of so if you want to go read them you have to subscribe to them first but I'll just read this one out because it's Mac Rumors report this apparently Apple and Foxconn are probably falling out because of profit margins that's not surprising because Apple makes a lot of money on the devices and Foxconn's paid lex- next to nothing pretty much. So apparently Apple's gross profit margins are for close to forty percent. Foxconn's profit margins, however, are in the single digits, and so Foxconn's like doing all sorts of tactics to basically make more money from Apple, and Apple's a pretty big customer. So apparently sixty seven percent of iPhones ma- sold are made by Foxconn. So and uh and also uh, and, well, Foxconn wants to charge more money from Apple. Apple, in return, are probably looking for other suppliers or other assemblers who could put together these, device, these devices. Uh, to generate more profit, Foxconn has tried selling its own equipment for manufacturing and component testing with limited success, as well as moving some manufacturing products in-house. Foxconn developed its own chemicals for polishing the iPhone screen rather than relying on chemicals from a Japanese c- company, for example. So, literally, uh, Foxconn's like trying to flex on Apple and make more money from Apple if they can because Apple really brings in a lot of business for Foxconn. A bit of a manufacturing drama, pretty much. Yeah, in the world of assembling and manufacturing, quite a a tense drama in terms of margins that can happen. Right, typical story about companies that want to take advantage of Apple's market position. You know, and the fact that they're the ones that sell a lot of that bring in a lot of business and make more money from them because Apple apparently makes a lot of money, and so uh apple's not take is not having any of it, and so that means it's quite quite aggressive to say the least, so yeah, it's kind of bananas like i mean if this is actually i mean this is true mostly I mean because it's from the information, but yikes, it's quite tense, mind you, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of been, it, there are high expectations to working with Apple. So, um, that was the podcast. Um, what do you think about every anything you heard today? Uh, let me know on Twitter and Instagram. Message me there or send me a message over on both places at nine. Follow me there on Instagram and Twitter on both handles. Aside from that, uh, probably obviously we're going to have uh, regular episodes next week, so... This is pretty much the one you're getting this week, so yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, share it with your friends. Have a great day, and um, I hope if you live in the US, I hope you voted for uh, in in the election. If you post if you you know uh, p- post it in your ballot. So do please go and do that before listening to this, or uh, you already listened to this. Go vote. Aside from everyone else, have a great day. And Vinters uh, coming, and, uh, see you next week. Ciao! Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about it, okay? Ciao!